Hi, Rudy. Welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Calvert. Who are the middle-aged mutant ninja turtles with me tonight? Here on a half shell, Michael K. Hughes. And Red Fox. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, I always like saying middle-aged because that's what we are now. <laughs> All three of us. Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> but Doesn't mean we have to act like it. I don't think recording five episodes in a week in a weekend is acting like middle age, but <laughs> drinking beers, cutting your grass—that might be considered middle age. Falling asleep. So we're going to bring you a—we're bringing you a very special episode, an episode that was in a month in the making or more, to be honest. <laughs> we're going to touch on the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles IDW run from 2011, the first six issues. Essentially, the origin story of what the turtles came, and we're not going to talk about that original origin story back in 1987 because no one needs to hear that. So, is it 87 or 86 for Mirage? Mirage is 84. Oh, 84. Damn. Oh, the cartoon's 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cartoon's 87. That's where I'm combining numbers. God. Okay. And I, I, I since I, I mean, I, I was a sucker for the cartoon origin story because that's what I grew up with. But yeah, all of us were. I really like the IDW <laughs> origin, like the, just the way that they become, like the way everything about this comic by ID, that I read so far is pretty damn interesting. I'm I'm real happy they took the chance that they did recreating that origin story the, the way that they did. You know, I I would have assumed like man, a lot of people are gonna be pissed off by this, and they actually pulled it off pretty well. And they even got Kevin Eastman back to start it, or he's involved with it. It's better than seeing Bruce Wayne's parents die over and over again, or Uncle Ben. Oh, so, oh man, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> every movie, every reboot, comic, everything. You gotta kill him again. Get him. Get that gun out. Yeah. Get <laughs> like this starts. I mean, this comic starts off the way you would not expect it. You see the three. You see three turtles and Splinter standing in an alleyway fighting a bunch of random thugs and a cat, a cat man. <laughs> it just I kind of drops the, into it. Yeah, it's right in the middle of the action. Uh, Mirage did the same thing. They were kind of right in the middle of the action with uh, Leonardo narrating. Uh, but in this one, you know, right into the action with characters you, you might not even recognize as well. So it, it does throw a little spin on it. Because old Hob is new, right, to IDW? Hob is new. Yeah, he, okay. I, don't, I don't believe he's in anything else. No, first appearance is issue one. Issue oh, one. Yeah. And and he's he's the, the first villain you see in the IDW continuity. I don't like old <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hob, Hob gets pretty cool. You gotta give him a chance. He kind of turns into an anti-hero later on down the line, especially when he gets involved with the Mutanimals and, and his own little thing. He has his own spin-off too for a few issues. It, it gets kind of interesting. He, he becomes a pretty interesting character. A lot more to him because he's he's very one-dimensional in, in the beginning, but when they start adding those layers to him, they they actually give him some care and some thought. Like he's just—he was a very like when I first started reading this, he was a very random character. I'm like, what the hell is this cat thing doing? Like, I was just very confused. There is there is something you should pay attention to with Hob um, as you're going through these initial issues, and that's because he he starts becoming obsessed with like an army. So later on, we see like in the last issue, we're going to cover what that what a army is going to be introduced to him, but that eventually leads into his own army, as in the Mutanimals. So they, they kind of plant the seed early with, with bringing up this army stuff that he keeps talking about. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I just I think part of it just because I've read so much Turtles and I've been involved with Turtles and all of a sudden here I am reading this and there's some other character I've never seen before. And the fact that the, that all these regular humans are just like, ah, yeah, we work for a cat. It's okay. <laughs> We're fighting Turtles. Eh, it's okay. Yeah, they don't really give an explanation right off the bat. But then again, you're dealing with like humanoid turtles to begin with. You gotta kind of suspend the disbelief and then <laughs> I know see where see where they go with it. I mean, because Hob, I felt the same way when I saw when I was introduced to Hob. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Give me somebody familiar. But no, I think they they did a decent job with him eventually. It, it worked. It's interesting how you see them fight. And there's a part where Splinter's like, I beat you before. I have defeated old Hob before. Then it's now you know and talking about how and it. It's interesting because this is probably, I want to say this is the first time they have met since their origin 13 months before this. And they've been kind of like hunting each other or something for a while or something like that. Yeah, it's right. that way. It's, it's interesting. And you find, and then, you know, it's in this first issue, you find out how they're missing one of their brothers because, of course, anyone knows the turtles are like, why are there only three of them? And where's Raphael? And then, and then all of a sudden you see a panel with a, a sad looking turtle in a trench coat walking by himself. So it's interesting. With no mask. Yep, and no, and people aren't that confused. Well, that, that's, that's something also. I mean, you're bringing up Raphael. So even in the original Mirage, they kind of gave Raphael a little more attention than I, I feel a lot of the other turtles got. 
Leonardo initially in the first issue got a lot of attention, but after that, Raphael seemed to get a lot of that. And, and here in these first few issues, like the first three or so, again, he's getting a lot of that uh, attention, that standout attention other than the other Turtles. I mean, Donatello, I feel even more so will stand out as the comic goes along. But Raphael, again, I, I don't know what it is with him. They usually give him a lot of attention. On this one, it, I wonder if it was just a copy of the Mirage where everyone wore the red bandanas and the, the twist they have with the bandanas here in a few issues. I wonder if they just wanted to mirror that original red to a... I think they did 100%. I, I think yeah, that they I were really... It was a homage to the original 100%. I like how they actually did it, too. They were wearing the color of their lost brother, mm-hmm. and then they all kind of get their own, you know, when he comes back around. I, I thought that was a really nice touch. And I, I think that moment right there is what really got me into these comics. Because when I was reading it, I'm like, when the hell are they going to get their colored bandanas? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take... It's it, pretty it, difficult it, to tell them apart otherwise. Yeah. Like, oh, Mike, Michelangelo is like a darker shade, but that's about it. Read the old yeah. Mirage and have fun. <laughs> we'll never figure out who's who in those original suits. For the one, there's no color. <laughs> no, that ain't helping. And then if they don't have their weapons, in many panels, they have no weapons. So I was like, well, I don't know who the hell that was. I'll just... <laughs> You know, I'll figure it out on my own, I guess. Who I'm I not a big be. fan of Mirage. The Mirage comics there's only, are there's Mirage, they are rough, man. But the only thing about Mirage is that there's the moments that they do well, they do very well. And it's always involving Shredder. Yeah, the first yeah, the first four issues are good. Then it gets weird. We're not here. We'll <laughs> yeah. talk about that someday, I'm sure. Yeah, well, we'll get there. <laughs> I also like how after you get introduced to the Battle of Old Hob, then it shows 18 months earlier, and it shows the, the turtles all being just baby turtles in an aquarium. You're in Baxter Stockman's lab or Stockgen. You're in, and I like how it starts out with. I like how April is a research assistant who's working here, not a reporter. Not you know, she has she kind of has something more to do with them than just being like we saw her on TV. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they gave this a lot of thought, but they also drew a lot of inspiration from that original Mirage run because she was a lab assistant in there as well. I mean, she just yeah, had she a, yeah, she just had a very like puffy 80s hairdo back then <laughs> but, you know <laughs> they, I, I like how they drew that inspiration and as i got older because to us i think april was always a reporter in the yellow jumpsuit yellow romper <laughs> and and in, in this i mean i'm starting to get used to her not being that route and and being this famous news reporter it, it's unnecessary for her to be that role i feel yeah i agree i, I like this role more it wasn't the cartoon that made the orange, the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, the cartoon was the yellow jumpsuit, just the the role of TV TV reporter, and then they they adapted that for the first couple movies or whatnot, or first three movies. Isn't she a reporter in the reboot? In the reboot? No, I think she's a kind of. I don't remember anymore. She works for a journalism thing, but I think she's like an intern or something starting out. I need to watch those again, not because I enjoy them. (laughs) <laughs> we'll give you a reason to watch them we'll give you a podcast reason to watch them someday let me do it man i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> and i like how the first time you see splinter is this this random rat sitting on top of the aquarium with the turtles and they you know they're talking about yeah you know he's just a rat we're experimenting on and i i like all that very interesting so, speaking of the baby turtles they have the like the flippers are they are they sea turtles in this one or were they always sea turtles <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I know the original ones, people, somebody figured it out and they, <laughs> they labeled them what turtles they were. Uh-huh. I, I think these turtles are a bit different than the ones in the Mirage, actually. So, yeah, I think these are more like sea turtles. Okay. Cool. And it's also in this issue when you get your first cameo appearance of General Cr- of Krang, where he's a general and, he, and Stockman is talking to him on, on the phone and talks about the mutagen, talks about some other stuff that they're working on. I, I like all that, too. I like how Crane's established right away, but very like just we're gonna we're gonna mention a name we're gonna introduce something but we're not gonna talk about it we're just gonna keep going right right there's a lot of you'll notice that in the series there's a lot of it's it's a slow burn with a lot of the storylines it takes like literal months to almost years to to get a storyline payoff and this is one of those examples because you don't revisit that for quite some time i do want to mention something here like when we were talking about the turtles being in the in the glass cage or why not there is a in the background a palm tree I was always wondering if that was a reference to Slash himself, because he, Slash, in the cartoon and in the comics, the Mirage comics, had an affinity for palm trees. So I was wondering if oh. they kind of threw that in there because of that. He huh. takes that palm tree later, I guess, I was reading. 
yeah so there you go i wonder if at this time this is, this is that's what they were shooting for i don't know probably i also it's very interesting the way they did it and i like how you have an assistant who almost says something or says more than she's supposed to about how they're experimenting on the rat and the guy's like yeah don't worry about that you, you know how we are mm-hmm. I, I like that it, it it it's funny like it's and I like how she pointed out one turtle. That's a feisty one. Ah, oh, that's Raphael. Yeah. I like this that. uh, this scientist guy, Chet, is he is he a known figure later on? Is he someone I should know? He's he's a big player later on. Gotcha. Oh, he is definitely a big player. Oh yeah. He, I was he, it seems that. very seems rather insignificant now, but this guy, when you find out who he truly is, he does play a very big role, especially in the uh, oh the Krang War and whatnot. Cool. I shouldn't have read stuff. Him. Nope. <laughs> Spoil it. Nope, you're, you're it for <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna stop looking. Yeah, I see what. Okay, okay. Now I need to read more. All right, and then like, after that, it jumps back to present day, where you have I, I do like that you have Raphael who's looking for food, finds a pizza box. It's got one slice of you know half-eaten pizza, and then I, and he also finds a shirt that says Cowabunga, and he's like, "Well, that's stupid." <laughs> I yeah, like yeah, that. I did, I did like that. Yeah. That's like the only reference to that I think in the whole series from that point. Oh, this is one uh, shirt. Yeah, I think that was their way of just kind of retiring it and, and another another throwback to, to their past, and then that was it. They let it rest in peace after that. I'll never forget, when you when you finished a level in Turtles in Time, Kawabunga! <laughs> I also like how they, they in, in this first issue, they also have Raphael ends up meeting Casey Jones, and the way they meet each other, I think it's, it's, it's a lot better than two guys wandering in a park and start beating on each other. This is, this is better. Right. <laughs> like, it, they, you know, he goes by his house. He's getting his ass just, beat by his dad, and he goes in and rescues. Yeah, it, it gets real, man. It gets it gets very grounded. It gets very real. Um, but we'll get into this as we go along, especially as the issues delve deeper into it. Um, I really like this iteration of Casey, and that's one of those reasons because of how grounded and realistic it is. His his dad, who is some kind of cross between Flint Marco and Norman Osborn, right? <laughs> he does kind of look like that. Um, I did want to touch on the the names, the turtles' names. In the original, Splinter like picked up a, a book in the sewer and like named each one after Renaissance artists. So in this one, April names them because she has a Renaissance Art 101 class. <laughs> <laughs> she just so happens to be learning about it. So these turtles could have been named something else if she was learning about uh, maybe the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> That's Grant. That's Ulysses. That. Yeah, Ulysses. That's yeah. Lee. That's Robert E. Lee over there. Ulysses. <laughs> Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> um, Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. We got Lincoln, Grant, Lee, and I don't know who else. <laughs> Jackson, I guess. So, I don't know. I, I guess in, in in both comics, both continuities, I'm just not a very big fan of how they really choose the names. Um, this one was very, like, passe, like, very forgettable. The first one was iconic for for its time because it's the original origin but i don't know i and both i'm not i'm not a big fan of both i'll probably just name them but then again how are you really gonna make it that interesting yeah for renaissance painter names like your artist names i like this, it better yeah this way seems the least forced compared to yeah. past iterations hey you mm-hmm. know what at least it's not a rat in a cage watching his master practice martial arts and learning that way <laughs> okay yeah, man, okay. not a big fan of that. I really hate that original. Like, I know it's from the original comics. It's in the first movie. I like the cartoon better. He's a homeless guy living in the sewers, and he touched a turtle, <laughs> he touched a rat, he touched a mutagen. I'm 100% on board with that origin idea. I'm not okay with a rat practicing. Yeah. <laughs> this one I'm okay with because it is a rat, but it's also a rat that's been experimented on and been injected with things to increase his psych- psychosis and things. So I'm, I can I buy it much better. Doesn't take much. You just gotta give me something more than a rat practicing. A normal rat practicing martial art does not fly with me. Yeah, they they definitely try to explain everything the best they could in this one and give everything a reason. And that that to me is just good writing. So good job for them. It, it, it's the premise of this is like ridiculous. Like talking, walking turtles and rats and stuff and that are reincarnated and you name it. But they they try their best to really connect it and make it make sense. No, I agree. And that's one thing that makes this 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 comic so much better too. Like. And it doesn't try to, like, you know, irritate you with things like when you have Raphael beating up Casey Jones's dad and he doesn't go, I just got beat up by a turtle. He, well, I guess he's drunk. He just jumps in his car and drives off. Like, they're like, we don't need a stupid scene with this guy being all confused and terrified that he got beat up by a walking turtle. Yeah, we've, we've seen it a hundred times before. 
I I like that. I like how Casey Jones isn't affected at all. He's just like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah, I, I, and that's something a little weird to me too. Is that pretty much everybody that sees these turtles, whether it's the Foot Clan, April, Casey, whatever, everybody's pretty okay with these talking things that nobody's ever seen before. It is New York, though. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> No, it, it's I, I like it, and I also like how when it when it bounces back and forth, like the fact that as Splinter was getting smarter and realizing what was happening and realize who he was, he's the, and he realized that April is a good person. He gives her that CD or whatever the hell he gives her that ends up giving her information about what's going. And the first time that you see the Foot Clan, it's also a couple ninjas that are breaking into stock. I think all that's really damn cool. It's a very interesting way to do it. Like, you know, you have April, she's sitting there, she has a disc, and then the Foot Clan come in. They're like, okay, we got to kill her and take what we're here, take the mutagen, take the stuff. And they cut the CD in half in one scene. Mm-hmm. They're stealing the mutagen. It is all, I, I like it a lot. I think it was all really well done. Yeah. Stockman says later that they're dressed like these ninjas. They must be from their rival company doing corporate espionage or whatever. That's the cop, I think, isn't it? Yeah, but that, he, he mentioned something about it. Okay. It's just, it's cool. And this is the part where you see April kind of being, you know, I mean, she hits a guy over the face with a beaker. I mean, she's trying to, you know, escape and she isn't just getting caught. You know, she runs away to the cops. Like, she she holds her own for that moment against a guy, against against ninjas. Pretty cool. And Splinter pulls the fire alarm. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm, <laughs> see, today I am the drug. I'm okay, and he's realizing who he is, and he chases after the ninja, bites one of them in the face and the eye, <laughs> which is kind of badass. And then that's the reason why the mutagen, the bag, the turtles, everything is you know tossed away because he got bit in the eye, which makes sense. If you bit me in the eye, I'm probably gonna drop my bag and and and, and scream. I damn sure yeah. would. But <laughs> you know that CD, that CD that you mentioned. Uh, if you really pay attention to what it says on the CD, it shows even more so about. Uh, what the turtles were doing in that lab and what their experiment was about. Because on the CD it says confidential property, terrapin, human exo armor, military application, and battlefield, and the rest is cut off. That's so Kring armor, right? These, right. That's well. That's what they were going to use them to in, in, like make armor for Krang's war. And Krang's this is kind of a, a spoiler, but an obvious one. Um, Krang's what war is? It? He's trying to take over the planet to facilitated for his own people to bring his own people back because they lost their own home home world he's not he's on a different planet isn't he he's not on earth right oh well yeah he is oh okay <laughs> he's on he's on burnow island which you'll see later on okay i thought maybe he was on like a portal or something because i he isn't in this first six times i was reading a little bit farther and i they kind of mentioned him but i didn't get i know the crane war doesn't actually start like issue 17 or so you get to that storyline yeah, it's down the line, and, and him and Shredder butt heads a lot. And I do like that, that they don't uh, initially, like, get along, and, and that war gets pretty bad. It's like a three-sided war at that time, and, and it really is like a off-the-grid battle, too, because the rest of the planet has no idea how close they were to just being taken over and overrun. And I'll, have to, I'll have to talk about that out. later. Yeah. Because I, I definitely want to re, 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 read more of these comics and talk about it. Yeah, make sure you're reading them in order. You're going to miss a lot of stuff if you don't read a lot of those spinoff ones. Like the Foot Clan spinoff ones are really good. Oh, I'm reading the uh, trade. <laughs> a lot of lot of good information in those. So we'll get we'll get to that though. Any of that. Uh, it's, it's good shit. I, I like how also when you have the rats and the, and the sea turtles laying in the mutagen, and this is where Old Hob is first introduced, where you see a cat pick up one of the turtles in the mutagen, which again kind of makes sense. A wild cat probably would pick up some little animal. And that's all you see. You just see that, and then it jumps back to present day where they're in their in their sewer home, and you have Issa Turtles kind of being the turtles. Leonardo practicing, Donatello building something, Michelangelo laying on the couch eating pizza. Like it's the turtles. <laughs> yep. You know, it, it's just very well done. And and like the first and the first thing that Casey Jones and Raphael do is Casey Jones puts on his famous mask. He's like, okay, let's go uh, have some fun. I like that. I always love that mask. I'm okay. I like I like this version of the mask a lot. Probably always the same mask, but I like the way it's drawn, drawn in this comic. For which mask? Casey Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. They usually pull it off pretty well and everything. Um, I, I just except like Casey maybe Jones a lot in this one. I, I like his origin. I like his his character better. It uh, it just kind of it really resonated with me more. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it's this better than just the nameless in a in a in a bad situation, right? I mean, yeah, they did a good job. And, and what you guys might not know yet, his dad is also a 
very big major player down the line too. Huh. I'm not looking that up. <laughs> don't don't ruin it for yourself. But no, I'm a little upset player. that I looked up who Chet was, and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> that name Chet, by the way, that was used back, way back in the Mirage days, just for because they thought the name was funny. Eastman and Lara thought the name was a, a stupid, funny name, so they would put it on anything from flower shops to you name it, and uh, just use it randomly when they wanted like a filler name. And so they actually brought it back here for this. That's funny. Okay, it's weird, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I was in this comic, and I like how in issue three you start off with they're beating up somebody, and they, and they, and they rescue a, they, they rescue this woman's purse, and like here you go, and she just runs off, which again, perfect sense. You see a big green turtle yeah. and a guy in a hockey mask. You're gonna run your ass off. Yeah, no, yeah, they did a good job with that. That is the correct response to have in that situation. But I'm okay that most people didn't have that response. I like it that you have a couple of thugs you see them. We're like, yeah, we got to go tell Ms. Old Hob something here. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like. Well, they, I mean, they got a cat, talking cat as a leader. So yeah, they shouldn't really flip out. <laughs> it's nice that they they sneak it in there that some people are going to react bad to him, just so the readers aren't like, why does no one acknowledge that that's just a giant turtle? Yeah, because they're on I, the borderline of making me feel that way when I read it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree too. And I didn't realize this when I was reading this before, but now as I'm looking at it in bigger picture form, when you when you see when it when it jumps back to Splinter and Old Hob and Hob is carrying the turtle, you can you see that in Splinter's paws are all covered in the goo. And when he jumped and like Splinter gets slashed too by the cat because you know it's a rat and a cat. And I like that. That I mean, that probably you know because he always seems like a weaker per like Splinter's always weaker, and this also kind of helps show yeah, that he was frail. injured. Yeah, so he has an injury that he's never able to be, like, a, a super badass. And that explains the use of his cane. Oh. He does use his cane. And in yeah. most iterations, he does have a cane. So in this one, they actually give him a reason to use it. Except besides the fact that, oh, he's just old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I mean, maybe he just trained so hard in this cage, and that's why he needs a cane, huh? Well, oh, no, that's what it was, yeah. Okay. But I, I like how, again, you know, he cuts out, he bites out Hobbs' eye. Which again, if you're a rat, you don't have a lot of you know a lot of things you can do to a cat, and the eye would be something you can do, and I, I like that. Splinter's got a thing for biting eyes because he bit the the ninja too. Well, if you're a rat, yeah. there's only so much you can do. <laughs> it, it's cool, like you know, and then you have the turtle, the Raphael gets dropped somewhere else. The other three turtles are shoved in the bag, and he and the and the so and the the ninjas come back, and so that's why he takes the bag and drags it into the sewer as fast as he can, and then they mutate in the sewer, which is. Ugly the drawings, but not because they're bad. They're just ugh, bringing back parasite memories. There, <laughs> I like that. I like it's like he's like my turtles, and they're like turtles, and they're all you know humanoid now. It's well done. It's very well done. It's my favorite origin story now. It's even better. This is even better than the cartoons origin story, which I I have a soft spot for for some reason. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I can change that. Just watch the intro and see it right there. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want me fair. to change it. Trust me. I went back and rewatched some of those cartoons a few years ago, That's and I was be rough, man. Oh, it was. <laughs> they they are they are not friendly to go back to. Was it worse than Darkwing? I couldn't Duck? do it. Yes. Tried to watch it. <laughs> wow. Hey, was Darkwing Duck really that bad? Going back to it? Uh, not as bad it's, as Turtles. It's pretty cheesy, but it's it's tolerable. Eighty-one. <sighs> Sucks, man. Sucks getting old. I don't remember. <laughs> Whatever episode it is, eighty-eight, eighty-one. So. No. One thing about this issue, it starts to show the personality of the turtles as a whole when it comes to trying to find Rap. They they all, for the most part, express doubt in their search for him. And Splinter tries to just refocus them, keep them grounded, and, and give them hope that he's still out there. And and when you really think about it, that's Splinter kind of reaching. Like I mean, unless there's something cosmic he's feeling that, oh, Rap is still out there, he's taking a big chance that it's been this long. And nobody's reported on the news or anything else because it's not like Raphael even remembers who he is. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know where he's really from. He has really no memory of anything other than when he became humanoid. And that is it. So he has no formal training unless it's just his reflexes kind of reacting. So you would think, and, and like, how stealthy is he going to be out there in, in New York? So it's a, he took a big chance of getting noticed out there and they never did. And, and Splinter still has this like hope that he's out there. I mean, maybe it's just the whole thing of losing a child where you just don't give up hope. Like I, speaking from a personal experience, I know somebody who their son went missing down by a river and they kept waiting for him to come back home. They kept saying, oh, you know, praying to God, that same idea that you just don't give up on your child, even mm-hmm. when you should. Like you just because you just your your mind can't process. So it could be the same kind of thing. Right. And you're probably right. I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, and it, And it makes a lot of sense. 
No, I mean, I, I didn't think about that just now, but I'm like, oh, yeah. So it, it's I, I like all of it. I mean, I also like how you had them eating hot dogs, Raphael and Casey, when they get pushed by a couple thugs, which is all a trap. Like, I like that, too. Just before that, we see a rare side of Donatello and Leonardo butting heads about obeying Splinter's orders. Usually it's yeah. Raph and Leo. Yeah, there's no Raph yet. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's a good point. So in this comic, and, and like I was saying earlier, Donatello has a lot more attention as time goes on. And you'll see when you guys continuously read this stuff, you'll see just how much of a role that Donatello plays and even the crane war and, and everything around that. So this is the planting the seeds for that and how he kind of differs in his mind state from all his other brothers like he's he's the one that challenges even his own origin for example he's challenging stuff that splinter's telling him donatello really stands out in this one yeah because like we said that splinter's telling him not to give up hope and donatello's talking about how astronomical it is to find one person in a city the size of new york yeah and i like that you can just imagine if it was somebody we knew like a friend of ours who might be some cocky intellectual guy. Just logic is everything. Nothing else matters. You know, Donnie is that guy. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's very good. I mean, it really, like, I, I'm i a Turtles fan, but I'm not a Turtle fan of the comics, really. And this this grabbed me in ways that I was not expecting. And, like, the last the last, scene, the last page of, of issue three is when they show up in the in the park that they just got trapped and old Hobbit shows up with his gang of humans for some reason. And... <laughs> It's, it's cool. Like, they realize, ah, oh, you got tricked. These characters look suspiciously detailed, too, for just being random thugs. I have a feeling they come back around at some point. I, I'm not going to look to find out. <laughs> but I don't think so. I think they're just they're just thugs. One thing that's interesting, like, this, because when I, when I first saw this, I was thinking of the Purple Dragon, but none of these are the Purple. These aren't the Purple Dragon yet. Not yet, yeah. Purple I know they're Dragon in this. comes in later. Yeah, they're def- definitely in it. And their leader... Which is somebody I don't want to spoil. Uh, you'll see who that is, but uh, the purple dragon does play a, a bigger role later on for sure. I I never knew who the purple dragon was until we watched the twenty God, two thousand. Is it the two thousand two cartoon? Two thousand three, the Fox Kids yeah, I think one. Yeah, three. Yeah, that's a that's a good cartoon by the way. I watched that too a couple, uh, one, five yeah. years ago. That holds up still. No, I'm sure it does. You know, one thing about the purple dragons is. The Purple Dragons technically is the first enemies ever in Turtles continuity. In the Mirage, they were the first, the, the, the gang that they're fighting, that's the Purple Dragons. Oh, okay, cool. This is why I bring you on these. <laughs> <laughs> you love your Turtles. I do, man. I can't get enough. And, them and Power Rangers, is that's it for me. Okay, we're going to be doing that soon, too. <laughs> So I, I also like how, you know, when, when they have when, when old Hob is there and he realizes he recognized the turtle, of course, because he's you know, kept his memory more and he's been involved with it with this. And I like how Raphael doesn't remember him. And then it clicks like Raphael's then, you know, all that trauma mm-hmm. comes back to him where he was the turtle left alone and, and he just gets pissed off. And it's great. You know, he he remembers who he is. And I, I like how he's like, no guns. But, I, you know, let's make it let's make it hurt. Because mm-hmm. if they did, if they did guns, it seemed to be over like two pages. Oh yeah, unloading <laughs> on them. That's the end of that. Oh well, issue's over. And Hob is trigger happy too. Like you'll see as time goes on, he, that's all he loves to do is blow stuff up and shoot stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you're you're a giant humanoid cat, and you're a cat, so you're an asshole. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, if you're a cat, you're already an asshole. It's in your genes. Yeah. Like to imagine him sitting back at their lair and someone puts a glass of water down on a table and he just kind of reaches over and paws it off the edge. <laughs> Slowly he pushes just it off. It. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> That's happened to me before with a cat, too. Fucking cats. I have a cat. It's fucking cats. All right. And then it jumps back to. <laughs> I like how it goes back and forth a lot in this comic where you keep seeing stuff when, when it happened, when they broke out and when, the, you know, and everything they lost and how Stockman is like, well we lost millions of dollars and you know like we need that mutagen like i like all that that is very interesting the first time they see naked hob come walking up to him i like that too that that is cool like when it hits them what the hell the mutant gen really does mm-hmm. yeah this is where stockman says the break-in was by ninja soldiers what if it turns out to be his competitor oh has gotten their hands on the, the mutagen I also like that Stockman is black again in this because he's black in the original comic, but in the in the '87 cartoon he's a white guy. Almost, and that's the crazy thing because I was like, man, what, you know, when I was a kid and then I, I saw Stockman in other iterations that he was black, I was like, the hell, I thought he was like some nerdy redhead guy, white guy, you know. <laughs> but no, um, and and everything else other than that '87 cartoon, they make him into what he was meant to be, which is what we see now. So 
I like that. Nice. I, I'm glad yeah. that they they went back to what the original idea was, and they didn't do whatever the hell they were doing back then. Is <laughs> <laughs> the eighties? Yeah, the eighties wouldn't have been okay with that. It At least it's not played by Tyler Perry. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> I am not a fan of of that iteration <laughs> in those movies. I'm not iteration. I'm not a fan of those movies. So we'll get there. Of anything in those movies, period. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there sometime. And I also like when April's telling the cops about what happened about ninjas, and she's like, "They're like, yeah, oh, okay." <laughs> like I like and that's that. That's the way they should respond. I mean, like, they think she's fucking crazy at that point yeah because yeah, she, even she says that it, it sounds even crazy to her when she says it out loud like oh the rat he hit the fu- who's who's splinter it's not who he's a what he's a rat <laughs> so it makes sense that they just kind of ignore it they're like yeah we can't she's 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 nuts we can't trust her it makes sense and i i like the way that they named the turtles like where splinter when he's you know becoming humanoid they're all becoming humanoid and he talks and they all have their names and goofy grins and one thing i didn't realize like in the original comic it's been 13 years that they've been underground. And that's why they're teenage mutant turtles. But in this, it's 13 months. And I, I think 13 months makes a lot more sense than 13 years. Yeah, I agree. 13 years is a long time. Yes, it is. And when you're a humanoid or something of this this idea where you've been, you know, transferred through some kind of genetic mutation, it doesn't it it might it doesn't need to take you 13 years to get there because you're not a human. You're a different thing. So it, it's I'm OK with that. Everything's accelerated. I mean, they yeah. did everything they could to set the stage for this origin story to be accelerated in the span of 13 months. And they did, they did a good job with it. I mean, they, if they didn't have the reincarnation thing, I think it would have been a lot harder to explain, like, why they might have that those innate fighting skills. Because eventually they even say, like, oh, my body just kind of knew what to do. Well, that's because you knew these martial arts in another life. I like that mm-hmm. a lot. I also like the fight that they have when the all old Hobbs are be- men. They're beating up the tur- uh, Raphael and Casey Jones. You have him get hit with a cr- Raphael get hit with a crowbar in the back. And, you know, you got the shell. <laughs> and they hit Casey Jones with a brick in the, in yeah. the back of the head. That'd be the end. That'd be concussion. He's done. He's out. We ain't seen him. The re- he's, he's out of this book. I think it's supposed hey, to make look. Hey, that is... look like it hits the mask. <laughs> yeah, maybe the the thing with Casey too. That is not the worst that he goes to. He he damn near dies in this comic. I ain't gonna say how or when, but he goes through some stuff, and it's and it's actually very good storytelling at that time. I can't wait till you guys get to see that. Yeah, he's right. He's the Hawkeye of this comic, apparently. Mike, if you want to reread that and re-record no, it, I'm all good no, for it. No, I mean, you're good. You know. Let's talk about turtles some more. Come on, bro. Bro. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one gets that joke but him. But, oh, well. So, I also like that after they beat the crap out of Raphael, Old Hob is like, okay, I'm ready to shoot. And he puts the gun right up against his face. And he's just like, we're done. And that is just awesome because it's not a villain being stupid. Oh, we're going to tie him up and take him with us. Nothing's going to happen. Like, he's like, no, fuck this. They don't need you alive. They just need you. Let's let's end this quickly. Like I I like that. I I don't like when villains do dumb things that have to happen for, for you know not to kill the heroes. It, I like this better. Yeah, he was ready to blow his brains out. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true villain. Like Hobbs yeah. is our Hobbs is pure chaos, man. And they they try to really show that in these early ones. I like it. It was it was very interesting to me, and it was very well done the way it does that. How it wasn't just you know oh you know he's a. Uh, He's a killer. He's this. Like, no, they actually show him not just being a dummy, being like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of you. That's good. good with it. And I, I like how he's just about to shoot him, and he gets ninja stars shot into his arm, and then he's like, yeah, and then, then the turtles show up. Like, that is also badass. Yeah. Yep, that's a pretty great panel. Because they've been, you know, looking for Raphael all this time, and, you know, they're, and they're patrolling and taking out Old Hob, Old Hob's men, and then when you have the fight with Old Hob and the turtles, that also is pretty cool. Now he tries to kill Raphael, but fails at it. Mm-hmm. He tries to rip off his shell or something, it looks like. I don't know, I didn't get that panel. Something like that. It looks like he's just kind of pinning them to the ground. Oh. I, I like it, though. It's it's pretty it's pretty badass how they, they beat Hobbs' ass, too, and Raphael's ready just to kill him. I like that. After he bites, bites his arm. Yeah, I don't think turtles have teeth, but these turtles do. <laughs> it's all cool. And then when they're like, brother, and he's like, brother i like that too when he realizes because he wasn't you know he was in the heat of the fight he wasn't even realizing who these people are it's mama (laughs) 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 not the mama it's good it is and like the last panel you see at this page the last page where raphael's hugging splinter and he's like you know and he's finally reunited with his lost son that is powerful 
It was yeah. an emotional comic, man. There was a lot of development in this one. It, overall, a lot of emotion just displayed in this one. I did recap a little bit on this one. I'll read it a little bit to you. So I wrote that Donnie has the biggest development, showing that even early on he tends to, d- to disagree with most of his family's decisions, being that he thinks logically instead of emotionally, a trait that lasts uh, long through the, throughout the uh, series. Raft is the opposite, though, acting purely on emotion. So they, they have those polarizing personalities. I like how they really drive home each turtle's individual personality in uh, the series. It's well pretty done. cool. Yeah. It's nice to see Donatello get more personality instead of just being the smart one. I, I definitely would not mind owning this comic because this is one damn good comic. It's surprisingly good. And the issue five is when things, when it starts to really like get weird in a way, but I, <laughs> I like what they did. Like I'm okay with where the story goes and it starts off where it's like the scene playing quite below me, the scene playing out below me is eerily familiar, like a chapter from a story that's already been written. And it's Splinter, he's trying to get back home where from wherever he was at, where you have thugs with guns, old house men looking for them. And he's just taking them out one by one like a ninja, where he's just choke holding them and it's cool. And then it and yeah, then it shows is... him as a ninja from Live a Live running around on top of roofs taking out ninjas and things. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about. I can hear the music right now. <laughs> uh, we getting... have been talking about doing that game on this show for over a year at this point. Oh. Let's do it. We will be. It was actually in season one in my rough my rough hatch of season one, it was there, then it got taken off. But someday. Someday it's coming. I've always wanted to play it, so we will be. So this and... this issue this issue right here, out of all six that we're covering. This one right here is the best one to me. I love the origin story. I love how they just dig deep and, and get to the point of where these guys come from. And you actually get to see the turtles as humans and and Splinter as a human for the first time ever. It's really good that way, too. Like, the fact that I love how they're, like, they're part, there's even one part in here when he's sneaking around, he throws a can to distract them. I like that, too. Because it makes sense. I mean, a bunch of stupid thugs, yeah, they would go after a can. I mean, maybe, you know, special genome soldiers might not go after if you threw something to distract them, but I understand it when it's a bunch of thugs. It works in fire. Yeah, it does. He's dealing with these idiots who, you know, that are just, as you, uneducated thugs, right? When he's used to dealing with very skilled, trained ninjas. So this is like child's play to him. That, I love that how they connect to ninjas Japan. that he's dealing with, but he's he's throwing a can for some retards in an alley or, or dumbasses in an alley. Yeah, it's it's Makes not a comparison. I, I like it. And I love how it goes. I love how they did this. How they talk about Hamato Yoshi and it shows the Foot Clan and it shows Rakosaki or Rakosaki Rakosaki. They saw you know leading the ninja clan and being like, we're gonna kill everyone. I mean, the civilians kill everyone. And that's when he's like, nope, I'm done. I like that. I like that a lot more where it's, you know, the Foot Clan is showing how evil, you know, Shred- who's going to be Shredder someday. I- I'm assuming it's a reincarnation of Shredder, too. Uh, no, you'll see where that goes. That is okay. the same guy. That's The same guy from feudal Japan is the same oh, wow. Shredder in the present day. I didn't thought so of that. I won't tell you how or why. Yeah, I won't tell you how or why, but it's the same one. You have my attention. But I, I like this. I, I, I was really impressed with the story where he runs home and his wife is killed, which is, again, that happens all the time in the comics. And like it is bad. And they come for the kid and he just guts them. I like that, and I I love all that where she's like, you know, protect the kids, and all the kids are wearing orange, red, blue, and purple. Each one has a different color on. <laughs> I all that was just was just cool. He picks up the kids, runs off. I really like this horde. It, it, it's good, very very good. How they and, did, and that goes into their martial arts skills too, because he was training them to be survivors. Because he know he knew he was on the run from Shredder, and well, who would be become the name Shredder. You know, he was on the run from them. So he had to teach them to, to be survivors, giving them the skills they need in the, in the present day. It's it's very good. And everything with this. And then then he goes back to Casey Jones. And I mean, again, this is just like move the plot to introduce characters where you have the whole tutoring thing where April's like, hey, I need I want to be taught self-defense, which, again, makes perfect sense after what happened to her. Mm-hmm. And Casey mm-hmm. needs tutoring. So I, I like how they do that. And they bring these two characters together. I, I like that a lot. I thought it was a very organic way to, to bring them together. Yeah. I liked it a lot. It's better than the, the, the Turtles movie does it. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie, as you can see in an earlier episode. But still, I there's things I don't like about that story. And yeah. I also love how, like, this whole... And then, you know, it's Flinner is also trying to come back home and is bouncing back and forth. And you see all the kids using each of their, you know, weapons. And they kind of have their same personality, too. One is, you know, Michelangelo's more jokier. Leonardo's more serious. Like, they did a good job with that. And then you have Araku Saki show up and ties them up and executes them. Like, yeah, yeah. feudal shredder. It looks pretty Brutal. sweet. 
Yeah. yeah. The desire cools off. Like he kills all four of them, then he's like, and then I, I love how you know Splinter's last thing is, but now that my sons are dead, I'm no longer bound to that promise. Know this: when we meet again, I will destroy you. I like he's, that. He's like fool. We'll never meet again. <laughs> says he's been on the run from him for eleven seasons, so almost three years he's been training his sons to do martial arts. It's it's cool. It's a great way to link, and this is also when you first have them get their colors, and this is also what we had mentioned earlier, where you know he, they are wearing red because of Raphael, but now that they have found Raphael, they each get their unique colors, which, again, were from you know back in Fido, Japan. I think this is also when Splinter says that they, they're reincarnated. He doesn't know how, but they are. Mm-hmm. Which, badass. And when he gives them the size, all this is just so oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Eye presentation and the, the new bandanas for everybody. Another em- emotional comic. Not only that ending, but what they went through. So good. This is also, right before you get to issue six, you have two two of the miniseries, which was a, a throwback to the original Mirage that we'll, we'll mention both of them kind of quick. Uh, one is the Michelangelo one, which doesn't need to be mentioned because it's stupid as hell. <laughs> I don't like it. It's him at a party. They think he's wearing a costume. He, he ends up meeting FBI woman or something and fights these guys in costume. It's not very good. <sighs> it's forgettable as hell, yeah. It's just there. The Raphael one, though, that I felt really added to the story in a way that ha- where it's Raphael and Casey Jones doing their thing, training, you know, you know, going patrolling, beating people's ass, and you have them see somebody getting chased after. And the funny thing is the one guy has a purple mohawk and the other guy's wearing goggles on his head. Yep, that's cool. I, I love you, how they bring... Did you, since you're speaking of the... the um character issues do you did you read the donatello one i read the donatello one which is after season after episode six but yes okay. it's Raphael so micro one. it's not the same one you sent me mike <laughs> no the one i sent you first was the original one <laughs> yeah, that would explain it and then did you read the other one no i, I didn't realize oh. it was different okay that's why yeah the second link i sent you where i said go down to that other thing yeah there's a character in the donnie one that if i'm correct i'm trying to remember because it's, it's been... a scientist with a yeah. robotic hand thing and they're at a convention and stuff okay. and, yeah. so i think that's the same guy that character if i'm correct um plays a big role later on so i think his uh has the most impact down the line oh, that's of, cool. uh, most of the micros yeah I, I, I only read the three. I never got the, I, I didn't keep reading the series to get to Leonardo, but like when I was reading the other thing with you know, this is good too, by the way. Okay, I, I definitely do want to read. Raphael's is good. Like I like that this fox thing that they find and then where she's she's acting like she's injured, he's gonna take her home. She gives him the whole origin story how she's a silver fox and she was you know, mm-hmm. she has no memory and she was you know, experimented on and I like how he's carrying her and he's like, hmm, I wonder, and he drops her, and she and she real, and then she catches herself, and he's like, "Yeah, you could smell the whole time, like you knew right where we were going." Mm-hmm. And he figures out it was all a trap the whole time. I like that. It was really good, and it's the first time that they run into another mutant animal besides Old Hob and themselves. Like that is also a cool thing, and it, it's also in the end of that issue is where you have, you know, they the he, you know, he gets rid of the fox, he loses her, he goes home after, you know, running around and trying to make sure she can't follow his trail. And this is also when you see Shredder or not Shredder, a ninja talking to Bebop, Rocksteady, and and they're like, hey, we need, you know, we need powers too. And in the shadow, of the ninja is still like, well, the master will decide it's Shredder. Like that is awesome. That is also your first time you ever see any any notice of Shredder in the modern day. I like that a lot. Yeah, that is a super yeah. cool page. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry you read the old micro series <laughs> one. That's okay. Mirage. That's hey, that's Casey Jones' first appearance though. If you were curious, the real book is worth a lot of money. I've seen it. I've held it. I did not pay. I did not buy it, but I've held it. It's a. I thought of you, Rich, when I first saw that book, the because I remember you liked Casey Jones a lot when we were kids. Yeah. And then issue six to kind of get to finish up this episode. Uh, that's when you see the turtles are off doing their thing, and they see a bunch of ninjas chasing after a French guy. And this is interesting. This, this bothers it, it, me. I don't like I, this. I because I know where this is going, oh. and I I've read this whole arc. So these guys, the Savate, I guess if you want to call them that, they are meant to be opposition to the Foot Clan, like something equal to the Foot Clan, and they're very skilled or whatnot. But I think the concept, these guys, and it it really doesn't for them, but these guys are, I don't know, I I felt they could have did such a better job with a a foil to the the Foot Clan other than some French parkour like warriors. (laughs) Like, I I, I thought it was so funny, man. I I do not like it. Yeah, it doesn't. Especially, they, it, it just, it, it's mainly, it's it's a setup for the Foot Clan later on to make them look more powerful and take over the city in a sense. And they use these guys to do it. And I I thought they could have done a better job with that. 
it's it's a little weird to me. Like this issue kind of felt like a whole different story at first when I was reading it. I was like, what the hell is this French guy doing who's speaking French who ends up blowing up some some foot soldiers after they pick up a little orange thing from his dead body or, or maybe no, that was on purpose, was it? Is that yeah, a smoke think, bomb? Yeah. Think, okay, that's never mind. The vibe I got. Apparently I, I got different vibes the second time. But that <laughs> makes more sense I'll be looking at. It. And I also like when it talks about in the past again, where you have an old hob meet uh, Baxter Stockman, and he's the one that tells him, hey, if you bring me Splinter and the Turtles, you know, body, dead or alive, I will pay you for it. So I like that. I think that's very, I think he, I think he offers money. Or does he offer him something else? And no, this isn't it. Never mind. This is after he's already failed a couple times and he's talking to me, making a baseball reference and he's telling mm-hmm. him how he's yeah. giving him an army. Like you were saying, how Hobbit always wants an army. He's talking about, hey, these, these thugs are useless that you're giving me money for. I need a better army. Okay. He now I'm on track. <laughs> earlier there's a comment where when he tells Hob I'll, I'll take the turtles and the rat dead or alive and that's mm-hmm. why he's hunting them that's an issue one of the earlier yeah, he just he just wants the bodies because he lost the ooze that they can't readily produce again so he he wants something from them dna wise it also makes sense that the ooze is not readily available because you have the ooze in this world you know just there you could have a lot more characters that they they show where the ooze comes from okay uh, there's one person that brings it uh, that pr- provides it, produces it. Um, and then Baxter's job is to actually produce the mutagen from the ooze itself. Oh, hmm. all right. Interesting. Because, and this goes with Shredder, I'm not going to say how or why, but that original ooze has something a lot to do with him. You know, the, the un, well, the, the unrefined version, the pure version of him. And I can't wait to read more of this comic. <laughs> this in Mega Man. I feel like this could go for a while. <laughs> We're also reading the Mega Man comic on this show, too. Good as that, by the way. You don't want to know. I'll send you later. I'll, tell uh, you. I'll show well, you. Later. I know what that means. <laughs> um, it's good. It's actually pretty good too, but it's it's not good. It's not it's oh, not this it? good. Okay. It's a different kind of good. Okay. But I, I also like when this is when you have Casey Jones finally meet April when he when he shows up for tutoring. You have uh, Baxter Stockman showing Old Hob. Like I like how he has Old Hob go in this room, locks the door behind him to show him his experiment. And this is the first time you see the Mousers, and wow, are they fucking? deadly in this like it is i mean you don't it won't doesn't go into this issue really but when you first see them and old hob is like just terrified of them and you have baxter stockman being like when he he, his line these these crazy things as you describe them have a name the long form is minefield ordinance unarmed unarmed systems enhanced robots i call them that was interesting (laughs) i love that supposed to sniff out ieds but he uh repurposed them it's good it's really good i mean i know this is probably more beginning to another arc that we we could have waited for a different episode, but I I like this. Like I I was really into all of it. and with old Hob and you know, again now that you mentioned that he's that he's always obsessed with getting an army. That's kind of it makes it makes this make a lot more sense mm-hmm. what they're doing with the character. Yeah, they it's a slow build with Hob. It it takes quite some time for him to get to um, any more layers, and this is just the very start of it. And the only way that you're going to know that is it when you down the line see him getting involved with the Mutanimals. and and pretty much he's like a. Like an extremist, he's like a, almost like a Malcolm X of like wanting to see the freedom of his um, mutant brothers. Like he doesn't, he doesn't like what's happening to to them and the experiments and everything like that. And he wants to do something about it. So he, he gets a lot more letters. Okay, I can't, I can't wait to read more of this book because <laughs> it's a, it's the cover. We're not going to talk about it here, but I just want to mention the cover of issue seven is where it shows the turtles and it shows their the version of Krang's bodysuit in this comic. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. It's Crank. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mean, they they kind of hide it because you can't see the mouth. You just see the eyes, but the eyes are kind of robotic plus that red yeah. tissue. But that, that's Crank. 100% Crank. Awesome. Yeah, it's Crank. It is Crank for sure. And he's, he's brutal as hell in this comic. He is brutal. You think Shredder's brutal? He's just as bad, if not worse, than Shredder. This guy doesn't give a damn about entire planets. Uh, Shredder was only ruining, like, feudal Japan. Like, Crank will ruin an entire world if he has to. Oh, I cannot wait to read more. <laughs> do we even need a shelf or box? I think it's kind of obvious. I think we do. We have to. That's part of the show. We can't take away this show. Ceremony purposes, yes. We'll, we'll do it. <laughs> we already know. All right. And since you're the special guest, Rich, Red, why don't you go first? All right. Well, you I guess guys I should say we're at shelf or box. Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. You know, you know where I'm going with this. It's super yeah. obvious. I mean, IDW did 
an amazing job with this. I'm glad they brought Eastman back. There are a few issues and covers that they have Eastman actually do his art style on, and I'm real nostalgic for that kind of stuff. I really like when they do that, but it, it's beautiful, man. I, uh, the first five issues, especially like that, they really flesh out the origin, give you everything you need, especially by that fifth issue when they really drop a bomb on you and, and show you the turtles getting beheaded in their, their human form. Just they're they're taking a lot of chances, and all their chances that they're taking are paying off. I loved every second of it. The only thing I didn't like is this goddamn Savate ninja warrior French guy. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you see in the sixth issue, they start to, you know, veer away from that origin story, which by that point, it was time that they did. Overall, just very good pacing. Um, I love every, everything new that they brought to the table. I would definitely uh, shelve every issue of this series for sure. I'm like, why don't you go next? Uh, it's going on the shelf for me, too. Like, I've never read a Turtles comic, and I'm glad this is the one that you guys introduced me to it with because I'm real excited to keep reading from here on. Just to see where things go. It's it's okay. pretty damn good. Like I know we're planning here soon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's just happening real soon. Uh, and I'll go last. This is also going on the shelf. I really like this story. Like I, this arc is, it's good. It's fun. It, it gets you into turtles. It makes the turtles make more sense in this world. They, they, they feel like they belong in this world. And, I, one, I love the turtles to begin with, but this is really fucking good and going on the shelf. And I, I can't wait to re- record more about this, about this comic. <laughs> so, it's, I think it's, it's happening. <sighs> I don't know what, I don't know what the next story arc is or how I can word it, but we'll definitely be doing the next one. I got some ideas for you after the, the pod's over. We'll, okay. I'll, I'll talk about that after. And I think we should go to plugs then. I would say what comic we're doing next, but I got no fucking idea what's going on next. So we'll just have to wait and see. If you like this episode, we have covered the turtles a few different times throughout the podcast. There is a, a there has been a we did we did the first film, we did Turtles in Time. So definitely, if you're if you need if you need some more turtles fix from us and you want to hear Red Fox again, check those out. He he was on all uh, episode forty four of Turtles in Time. So for those curious, good episode, by the way, too. So, yeah, definitely get that. And if you like if you like this show, which, of course, you did because you're listening to us. We do game <laughs> episodes every every week. We do mini episodes now of shorter games where we can't they can't fit into a full episode. Check those out. We do some comics. We do movies. We're currently going through the MCU. And there should be a ton of those for you to listen to at the moment. By the time you hear this, well, maybe not time, but there'll be a decent amount out there. Check those out. And also want to give an awesome shout out to our intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, Mizzy B. Bite the Bullet, song of the cool kid squad. Check him out. There'll be a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. And also, if you enjoyed the show, let somebody know. Tell your friend. Tell your enemies. Tell somebody you don't like. I don't care. Please let people know how much you enjoyed the show because every list, every download, every listen helps us to eventually do more with this show. And it helps. it's a great way to support the show without spending a dime. Put that Facebook post in there. All right. That's all I got to say this week. I will say I will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.